Talk brunch served hot. Talk brunch live. Money in the bank post show 2020. Rick Dara here, Dustin Frazier. So I'm just waiting to hear where the clause is that WWE gets an out if two guys die in the middle of that. I'm. You know it's in there somewhere. I'm hoping it is. <laughs> I absolutely am. Oh, it's WWE. They got it. They got it. They got off the air kind of early today. After about 9:30ish, I want to say give or take, 8 yeah. p.m. Eastern Standard Time. A lot shorter of a show than I think any of us anticipated. But I guess with the power of editing, you can sort of streamline and get what you want in there. I think it was alright though. I think we did a good job. Yeah, they did good. Thank you everyone for joining us. We'll shout you guys out later on in the show. Again, to all of these matches here. Also, those of you listening over on TalkBrunch.com, over on the live stream, iTunes and all that, we'll get to you guys later on. So, uh... They added some matches late there. Thank you also for all of the that voted, despite how late it was. But they added a couple of late blooming matches there. One of them being uh, Cesaro versus Jeff Hardy. Which uh, let's see what your voting results were here. Voting results for Cesaro and Jeff Hardy. A hundred percent for Jeff Hardy. Damn. That was easy. Wow. There was no everybody hit big money. There was no beating around the bush with that one. Uh, uh, Jeff's first match back and Everybody knows he ain't losing us mm-hmm, Pretty much Yeah I mean business as usual Jeff goes over with this one time Yeah what were your thoughts overall On this match I mean hey, hell, of a first, uh, hell of a first match Back at the preview of a pay-per-view Cesaro's strength never ceases to amaze me Yeah I mean it's ridiculous I think one of my favorite things he did in, Early in the match was uh, Jeff went for basically Like a one man poetry emotion off the steps And Cesaro just caught him and then just hold, Earled him over the barricade hmm, That's pretty cool Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not like the raw feats of strength We usually see from Cesaro but then again I mean Jeff's only like a 220 something pounds So it's like you're not going to get that much But um, yeah A lot of crazy stuff Um, When Jeff hit that whisper in the wind Kind of landed funky on Cesaro's knee yeah, yeah, he I did. A, I got a little bit worried for a second. I was like, oh my god. But then they started playing too. So I was like, okay, he's he's gotta be fine then. <laughs> One of the things that I really liked was the fact that uh even though it was like kind of dark with Seamus healing it up, you know, like Seamus was really uh like when he, he spoke to him in the promo just about how how many times is he gonna have comebacks and uh and fail, you know, like I'm paraphrasing what he was saying, like how many times are you gonna fight your demons and have to come back and do the comeback? So cause funny cause I hate to say it, but I kinda said the same thing, like just before Seamus came out. I was thinking, how many times are we gonna have these this oh, now we have a a, a, a freaking four part comeback story. Like how many comeback <laughs> right. stories is this guy gonna have, you know? And I and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but I just kind of feel like we've had so many Jeff Hardy comeback stories that I thought it was really crazy that they were now going to do a, a four-parter, you know, like an episodic comeback story from the guy. I got to get a clip up yeah. here of this. There we go. So that was some of the action from the match there. Yeah, I mean, just why? Like, Jeff looked good for sure. Like, but yeah, it's just a matter of how many of these are you going to get? Like. But then again, it's also kind of on WWE because they keep bringing him back every time he screws up. Yeah. 
Whereas no other company dealt with it so much. I mean, I credit Jeff for being able to battle back every time he can, but it's just like, how many times is it going to happen? Yeah. Thank you for the host, Willie and Kula over there. I got to remember to turn the alerts on when we start bringing all the alerts on for anyone else that sparks or holds or follows or whatever. Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, this match really did turn into kind of a story of Jeff's midsection, which got launched in that barricade in Cesaro's knee. Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of like, it was like, which one in the sense is going to give out first? It's one or the other. But yeah, this is actually, ironically, the smile I was mentioning. Watch when he hits this whisper of the wind, the way he lands on Cesaro. Cesaro, he almost kind of hits him, knocks Cesaro to the side and lands more to his knee. But yeah, really, really rough looking spot at first. But I mean, great match out of him. Cesaro's a freaking beast, as usual. Nothing's changing there. It's not like that's ever going to get different. And I mean, as even with Jeff getting in his older age, like, watch, here it comes. Yeah, I see what you Ooh, mean there. See, I saw that, and I was just like, oh, that did not look good. Yeah, well, it's but it's always... like, even 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 with Jeff's body beating all the pieces like it usually is, I mean, he's still moving pretty good for his age, so. Yeah, for the amount of whipping that he's taken, like, it's more than right. anyone else ever, you know. That well, dude has gone through ridiculous amounts of stuff throughout his career, and he's still moving pretty decent. Yeah, kudos to him. Kudos to him for that. But I would like to see uh, him be remain consistent because he went from literally the leaving during the CM Punk feud with issues to the being in TNA with issues to the coming back here with issues. And now we just it's just like get over the issues, you know? Right. But but yeah, good match overall. And uh, but it was interesting. Just again, I, I digress. The, the fact that Cesaro uh, was was able to use that. Like in the angle, I guess they're comfortable enough with it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, I guess, I mean, I guess it's one of those things where it's like, it's so out in the open. How can you not be at this point? Yeah. He used the term. Like everybody in their third cousin knows about it. Mm -hmm, Pretty much. So, uh, first official match of the night, they decided to open with the SmackDown tag team title fatal four way match. This was the, uh, the new day defending their titles against Morrison and Miz, against the Lucha House Party, against the Forgotten Sons. The voting results coming in with 46%, feeling that the New Day would retain, 31% for Miz and Morrison getting it back, 15% Lucha House Party, 8% Forgotten Sons, with the winners being the New Day finish. Is Biggie going over Grand Metallic with the big ending? Yeah, after Lindsay Dorado caught trouble in paradise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of interesting to see them not go over with the midnight hour this time because they they went for it at one point during the match yeah yeah i wonder what that's about right are they gonna I guess transitioning it's like, to uh to a new move or something i guess maybe just like not letting everybody forget like hey these two have finishing moves of their own they're not always gonna go for that one move yeah that could be a good way to look at it kind of adds because i mean this is a point now where like they've been teaming for all, half a decade like you're looking for the midnight hour at this point you forget Big E doesn't even need anybody else to be there to finish it mm-hmm. yeah it looked really good there were there was some good stuff everyone looked good i i um i couldn't see any other outcome given the landscape i did like graves calling metallic uh Hooventood when he looked but he looks more like psychosis to me right that's what i was like he's like psychosis level of frizz right now he was giving him the hoovy raw but it was kind of like yeah you kind of look like a psychosis <laughs> like with your hair right like the hair thing right. was doing it that's what i think it's one of my favorite things about metal league's look because they let, they let the hair come out of the back of the mask you don't see anybody do that anymore yeah pretty much and yeah uh, but i mean at one point it looked like lucha house party was almost about to win it yeah no they looked really like they, good out they, there you know? yeah i mean one of my favorite things i don't know how they set this up but 
Morrison went up to the top, caught Medleague, and was going to go for a Spanish fly inside. But Medleague leaned back, reversed it into a Spanish fly, and took out everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was I so subtle because you didn't think about it till the last minute, right before he leaped, that Medleague was changing position. Yeah. They pretty much hit everyone. Oh, yeah. God. It was, this match, everybody looked fantastic. Yeah. For this to be the really Forgotten cool Sons' first pay per view on the main roster, they absolutely killed it. Yeah. Those guys did a really good job. Everyone here definitely brought their A game for a match like this. And the Forgotten Sons, they do look good out there. I don't know if it's intentional or as a result. I mean, we know it's as a result of the fact that the Usos weren't around, but it's still yeah. cool that uh they got that rub because it worked out really good for them like they've been able to keep up with these guys you know the one thing i'd say is i'd like to see some of kofi's spots look i'd like to see how they look with less showmanship you know what i mean like the boom drop or you know like maybe not call out new day to an empty arena and like you know the clapping the new day rocks i i would rather them just like have a a faster pace match and not do all of that anymore, which I know that some people are doing, but others will still do the pandering to like an empty arena. I, I, I think yes. that just See, look at this. To be... it's, it's so subtle. And not yeah. so there, I realized. I didn't realize until they were already in the motion that Metal League was going for it. Yeah, that was cool. That was, was, very <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, no, they did really, really good. Yeah. Everybody at one point in time, they had you thinking every team was about to win this match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they sure did. They did. And uh, I, I like that. I'm going to call it the, the, the New Day device that they use, where Kofi takes them out off the top of Biggie's shoulders using the double stomp. Yeah, that powerbomb double stomp combo. Like, yeah. I'm surprised they don't call that the New Day device, considering it's pretty you much a Doomsday device, except that the guy going off the top isn't hitting you with like a clothesline. He's hitting you. He's double stomping you down. You know, but I like that. I think, really the you know? I think they did a really good job with that. The Forgotten Sons, uh, I also like their two, their, their similarities. They have a variation of that. It's like a dragon sleeper stomp combo that the two of them. Yeah. Do. It's, you saw uh, that. it's basically their finishing move, which I'm not even sure if it has a name. Yeah. I, I, I've always been calling it do unto others, but I mean, it's. Yeah. Poor. Yeah. Poor I, I love uh, Blake using Cutler basically as a weapon. He snapmared uh, Grand Metal League into. Uh, he snapmared Cutler in the Grand Metal League when he was up against the ropes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Gunner Gunner gets sent back to the to the uh, to the back. I guess because he was interfering. He's the cheating third guy out there for the Forgotten Sons. They were like, no more Gunner or Riker. You know, <laughs> they were like, let's forget it. Get him out of here. I'd like to see him be in more of the matches. You know, because we know he can go. And it seems like oh, he's yeah. always the guy that's like the third guy there on the side. You know, like they always well, tease how much of a threat he is because I mean, when the times we've seen him, he's just demolished people. So it's like maybe have him have him chase um Sister Ross Macam, have him chasing the the Intercontinental Championship, something yeah, that they can I, do. But I want to see, I want to see a bit more of him. You know, I watched this guy literally climb tooth and nail from the bowels of TNA wrestling, <laughs> and finally there he people. is. You know, this man has killed people before just to get here. You know, he climbed. <laughs> Look where he came from. You know, his story, that's a shoot story. As much as they try to treat it like it's like this is a cool story. Everything about that man is a shoot. You know, he's a <laughs> that he, man had shoot kill people. He really was a gunner. You know, I, I'm it sucks. They call him Riker because I did like gunner, but he really was a gunner. He really did have to climb through hell to get to where he is now. So I'd like to see that this third guy. He really had killed people before. You know? And there he is on the pay-per-view, and poor, poor fucking Gunner, they send him to the back. They're like, get out of here. We're going to have your two other guys wrestle. I guess they wanted this to keep it even. You, you want to make that more realistic. Have the ref be scared to send him to the back. Yeah, He probably would have stood more of a chance if Woods was out there, like if there were other guys that had people, but the ref just wasn't having it with him. It's like, no, you're not going to be your own one. Get Gunner out. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was his That was his little time to shine for this paper. Yeah. He was being there to support the buddies. kind of... What was kind of cool to see how Lindsay Dorado did 
Did you notice the, the throwback to Paul London he did in the middle of the match? Did he? What was it? He he hit the drop salt. Oh, okay. That drop kick moonsault combination. I haven't seen that since Paul London. Wow, I hadn't even thought about it being that spot. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, he hit the Paul London move. Yeah, like it's a, it's such a cool move for, for nobody who's ever seen this movie. It's basically he drop kicks one guy, and at the same time, somebody who's laying there behind him basically gets hit with a standing moonsault. And Paul London used to do that way back in the early 2000s. They call it the drop salt. Yeah, that's that's pretty solid, man. Like I said, good stuff all around the board for this. Very good. Yeah, very, awesome, very awesome good. tag team match. It's amazing that they were able to fix that tag team. And that's what NXT is there for. When you get guys that are injured, you bring up other guys. Those guys, they were lucky that they had they have guys that can work already. I mean, it's not like they're new. The other one is uh, Blake, right? Yeah, that was Murphy's old tag partner. They even yeah, mentioned so. the fact that Murphy was a former, um, Blake was a that Blake was a former NXT tag team champion. They just didn't mention who with. Right. So we got guys. The only one that we really don't know too much about is the uh, the third dude, really. It's funny how we know it's, more yeah, about Steve Cutler. Yeah. We know more about Gunner than we know about that third guy. And, uh, we don't know if this man has killed people before. Yeah, has this man killed people? <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, let's see, uh let's see what's happening with uh the new day. They put like a backstage thing here. Lord. Kofi Biggie, congratulations on another successful SmackDown Tag Team Championship title hold defense. On now, hold on a second. You see him quenching the title over here. Hydration's you want to come over here and yeah. ask a question like, hydration's not important. I got to make sure. What more, kind of message are you sending? Got to make some more babies. Huh? A rocker. I love how Kofi just going along with it. <laughs> it stops at eight. You know, a lot of people talk about Rands. Oh, I'm going to be 10-time champion. I don't want to be 15-time champion. No! no! No, it stops here. The block stops here at eight. We're done. <laughs> We're done. You thought 483 days was a run? Boy, get ready for this one. How many days you want to go? How many days you want to go? As long as we want to go. As long as we want to go. You saw what happened. You had three other teams out there that were hungry. You understand? Was that enough? They came to. Was three enough? <laughs> no, no, nah, they needed five. Needed That's five a little pun. Baby. That's a play. Three teams out there that were hungry. They came to us like a soup kitchen wanting some food. They came to us looking for something to eat, and we said, Nah, we ain't feeding you today. <laughs> no, because we are hungry too. Matter of fact, we ain't even that hungry. But we just, you know? <laughs> oh, look at how they weak. You think it's a coincidence that eight rhymes with great? Huh? Huh? Answer! You, you, you oh, think it's, yes. out there. It's, not, yes. it's not. It's no, don't say yes. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence because we are great. Oh man. That motherfucker said, no, we ain't feeling <laughs> Oh, that's too much. <laughs> Yo, the best part about it is it didn't hit me till just now. That's how you know you've been on the road with somebody a long time. Nobody corpsed at any time. <laughs> Yeah, there's no corpse, and those are, that, those are shoot feelings. I, I, I couldn't be there with those two, because I would break every interview. Maybe that's the reason why the tag team division works so well. Everybody's a shoot. <laughs> Gunner has shoot killed people. They are shoot funny. You know, everybody's a shoot. No one's oh not the legit God. thing here. Holy Jesus Christ. That's that too much. Said, no, we ain't feeding you. We ain't feeding you. <laughs> Oh, God, everything almost went numb and blurry when he said that shit. Oh. Huh? Answer! He, he's shaking his head, yes. It's more. not. Yes. It's not. It's no. Don't say yes. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence because we are great. And we have eight reigns. It rhymes. It's not a coincidence. 
a little baby rain. It's a little infant rain. The rain just started. She's still cranky enough. She's your baby rain. She's full grown. She's gonna be full grown when we done. Oh, these dudes, man. What the fuck? Yo, Biggie might be the weirdest person I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you can't. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I couldn't be. I, I, I couldn't I be a this, man, I got so excited when I first saw this team. It was like, yeah, this is gonna be great. <laughs> Always. And five years later, they still roll. Mm-hmm. Oh god. And it's gotten funnier. That's the worst part. How many people can say five years and it got funnier? Right. Yeah, they haven't lost a beat. That's why they Biggie. said they would never get split up. It would be foolish to let these guys get split up. Like, like at that point, the only time you ever split that up is when there's a year where they just stop getting funnier. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's just like, okay, this might be like, no, it, it's still funny. So up next, we have our truth versus was supposed to be MVP, but turned out to be Bobby Lashley for uh, reasons. That being said, the voting results came in with seventy five percent of you going for our truth when you thought that it was going to be MVP. Twenty five percent of you thought that it would be MVP winner Bobby Lashley. <laughs> One of the funniest results you ever heard. R-Truth versus amazing. MVP winner, Bobby Lashley. These, these <laughs> bastards screw us out of our R-Truth pay-per-view win. It's such a good troll that I can't even criticize. I enjoy it. I'm like, I try enjoy that level of trolling. Because that means they must know that people don't want that. They're like, oh, look, we're going to screw with you. They'll be laughing now, but they won't be laughing when Raw hits another record low on the viewer. Yeah, and uh, R-Truth is one of those people where I'll accept him selling to an empty crowd because he's doing it in his in his crazy gimmick. You know, he's telling WWE Universe, make some noise, and he holds up the mic to no one. He does a, it was like I said in the up? chat room. He looked like when you catch the band rehearsing for the concert. Yeah. <laughs> that man looked like that man looked like at 11 p.m. that night. He was hitting those exact same moves. Yeah, he really did. I love when he smacked last year. That was funny. <laughs> Oh, I can't remember what he was talking about. He first, said, now, look, look. So first he starts off with he starts off with the thing about being a baller, that he's going to teach him how to really ball. And he was literally teaching him about the two-point versus the three-point distance in basketball. And I was like, you didn't know about yeah. that, did you? Yeah, you, you could see that, that, that Lashley is getting hot at this whole thing happening. And uh, he actually argues with him back a little bit. I was amazed he didn't kick his ass immediately. You know, but look, actually, let's take a look here. Oh, there's a whole big world out there. Oh. That was the best part. There's a whole big world out there. A big world, man. <laughs> Listen. Okay, I didn't even know I did that. I didn't even they know I showed did it in the replay, right? Let's get this larger. They showed it in the replay, and it did not look like an accident. It looked like he slapped him. You can't catch it from this angle. But there's a whole big world out there. Oh. He fucking just slapped him. <laughs> He absolutely did not accidentally do that shit. Go back and watch the show, and you'll see what what they what they did. Freaking our truth in this match. What were your thoughts in regards to this? Oh, you know, truth as usual. I think the only reason I tolerate this because I can't fucking stand Lashley's existence is that truth made me laugh the whole time. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I realize I tolerate because truth is there. Nice new ring attire on Lashley. The the wrestling tights are actually working better for him. Yeah, you know, they so look I better like that. You know, I don't um, need to see your thighs. Like, I don't need to see your sweaty man thighs. Like, yeah, the finish also I thought uh was interesting. Lashley countering Truth scissor kick, hits the ropes, goes over with a spear. But that slap, 
was a highlight, really, and it wasn't even the match. And it didn't look inverted at all. That it, slap, it, it, it almost looked like Lashley didn't expect to get smacked that hard. Of course he didn't. Like, he looked like he knew it was coming, but just didn't realize it was going to be that forceful. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what he, he had a look on his face like the impact surprised him. <laughs> he legit slapped, and they, they had the nerve to show in slow motion afterwards. The slow motion <laughs> shot is great because you could see how deliberate it is. I wish they would put that up. You could see him just well, looking at him, ready to slap. The slow motion and just the look on Lashley's face combined with Truth looking in the same direction. It's like, oh, God, it's like a Hallmark card. Like, it's a. <laughs> Too funny. It was the too, funniest too funny. thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, boy. <laughs> that motherfucker turned to see But yeah, he he did he definitely didn't he telegraphed the shit out of that slap. Like I'm about to he slap really this did. guy. I'm about to slap him. I love how Lashley sold the shit too. Like the motherfucker just turned and looked like this motherfucker did not just slap me. Mm-hmm. Oh hell no! So, uh, next we get into the uh, Tamina match. This is the women's SmackDown match. Tamina getting her shot. I don't know if this is even her first women's title shot, and probably got uh, her, I but, uh, think so, actually. But yeah, this is against Bailey defending defending yeah. Bailey. So uh, yeah, who well, Bailey basically celebrating? This was a year ago at this pay per view. She won the championship. So yeah, but prior well, to the. Prior to the match, Tamina uploaded something on her uh, Twitter, which they, they actually they actually put it on the uh, on the kickoff. This was the only other thing on the kickoff of interest besides the one match that they had there. And uh, I'm gonna run this so that you guys can. Oh my god! Can see. I thought this was pretty cool. The, mo- the moment we all became Tamina fans. Hi, my name is Tamina, and I'm a WWE superstar. <laughs> Over the years, I built up a reputation of being mean. Lost respect for Sasha Banks? Yeah, but that's just not the case at all. The fact of the matter is that I've just been misunderstood. In fact, I tried to play nice, but it never seems to work out. Oh! Come on! Look at the headbutts! Get Hold on! Oh my god! And come this money in the bank, and not only plan on breaking the mold, but also Bailey's job. To become your new SmackDown Women's Champion. And if you don't like that, you can go. Thanks for watching. And remember, there's nobody meaner than Tamina. Despite uh, how this match turned out, that was good. That moment, she made me a fan because that was funny. That was well done. She <laughs> said, "If you don't like it, you can go." Beep, beep. If only, <laughs> if only she could wrestle. How how great yeah. of a combination would it be to add wrestling to a gimmick like that? How come it always works that way in life? Right? You always get the one thing you need, and you always have one thing you don't have that you need. You know, like you either there's great wrestlers out there that can't speak for shit, and then there's a uh, great speakers out there that can't wrestle for shit. Like, look at Bailey. I I gotta give it to Bailey, man. She's pretty solid, except yeah. when she talks. 
Yeah. You when, know? When, when, when she starts pushing words out of her face, it all goes downhill. You know, she's pretty solid. And then she talks like, wow. And Sasha, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm mixed on her. It goes back and forth because Sasha, on the other hand, is a, a great talker, but sometimes not a great wrestler. It goes back and forth. Sa- right? Sa- the problem with Sasha is that it's not that Sasha's a bad wrestler. It's just that Sasha's kind of dangerous sometimes. Yeah, I guess that would be a better term because she like, like the stuff. Sa- Sa- Sasha, Sasha never, Sasha at times doesn't seem to think what could go wrong. Yeah, I do see that. But unfortunately, going into that, Bailey goes over with this clumsy, slow, awkward ass crucifix. Oh God, that was the slowest crucifix I have ever seen. I don't. And then know. she leaned her too far, so she almost rolled over under her, under her. I don't even know. There was so much wrong with like the last few minutes of this match that I don't even know who to blame. I feel like because with the crucifix, you're in a great degree of control when you're doing the pin. It seemed like Bailey almost didn't think she was over far enough, so she pushed her a little bit more and almost pushed her too far. Like the ending just felt so clumsy, you know? Yeah, it did not feel that great. And then I mean, what 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 was up with like Tamina getting caught with like the Wiley Coyote? Hey, she tried to get into the ring, but instead of pinning her, like I had her dead to rights because she's not gonna get in the ring while you look her in the eyes, she decided to chase her all across the ring. Like yeah. what? I don't know. It was that that, it, that that almost bothered me more than the pin. Huh? Too much awkward as far as that. It, it, to me, it, it pretty much did fall apart at the end. There, I did love Bailey catching to me in a super kick and transitioning it into the knee bar to a rope break. That I thought was that great. was really cool. Um, they had the water, the little water punch sequence. I've I've never really fully gotten that. Which I um, kind of liked that, like when she stole that water. Cole gave her so much shit. Yeah, Bailey gets sent <laughs> over the announce table when he hit Graves, going, "Why didn't you catch her, Cole?" <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you know what? I was hearing people in the chat room, so I can't believe any of you guys would root for Tamina over Bailey, like as a women's champion. Like, like some of you guys were like, "Damn it!" And it was like, really? You know what it was? Are you? Are you, nuts? you know what it was? Because I, I, I popped so hard for the freaking Twitter video. I was just like, "Oh, geez, this might be it. That might be the trick." <laughs> nah, I'll never get and it. I, and I think what it is, the Bailey Sasha thing is starting to bother me. Because I'm like, wait a minute, isn't this four-time women's champion Sasha Banks? Isn't this former NXT women's champion Sasha Banks? And now she's like freaking the Morocco mole to freaking Bailey's secret squirrel. Like, what's going on here? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on. I, I, I think <laughs> I that's can't believe you gave them that. I can't believe you gave them that. <laughs> wow, if, if we had an artist that could do pull that shit off, man. <laughs> I had, to, I was like, wait, I can't go for the basics. Let me go for the out there stuff. Fucking Morocco bowl. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like I think that's what's bothering me so much. Is just like Sasha's gone from the formidable women's champion to the fucking sidekick and the bullet monkey. Like, and she does it well, though. I gotta admit, she does it better yeah. than Bailey was doing it. Like Bailey got herself a nice little sidekick. I like, I like the roles reversed like that. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you play like that, it does make sense. It's just... Yeah, I mean, Bailey needs it more than Sasha. Oh yeah, a lot more. So, I mean, at this point, we we at this point, this range shown that when it comes to those two, freaking Bailey wears the pants because Bailey's the only one who's actually success, successfully defended the championship on the main roster. Putting her in the forefront is the best way to get it. And I, I, you know what, man, I feel like it's working. I feel like it's been working more. It isn't perfect, but I feel like it's they're a lot more comfortable than they've been. It's it's working, you know. Yeah. But uh, this is the post stuff for bailey excuse me excuse me bailey hi look 
Bailey, I just I wanted to congratulate you. I know before your match, I was oh. kind of questioning you two's friendship, but it seemed to be stronger than ever tonight. So again, I just want to say congratulations. Congratulations, thank you. But you're a little too late. Way too late. Okay. Yeah. What else, huh? No. What else? Is we she? have nothing else to say to you. We're tired of you guys. We are best friends. She is the role model. I'm the leader. I'm the standard. I'm the blueprint. And I am the legit boss. And she has to shower because she smells, okay? Dude. She just had a match. You're sweaty. I got Tamina sweat all yeah. over me. Yeah. Also, she saw those things. But I'm the champion! Okay? So the next time you want to question our friendship, you want to question how damn good I am, why don't you go ask uh, Tamina? <laughs> <laughs> Be gone. Get away from my bus before I call. <laughs> that was fun okay that was entertaining yeah i think this could work i don't want them to do see there's another team where it's like i don't want to have the match that like that match it shouldn't happen yeah anymore. at this, like, at this point yeah like if if you split those two up we don't want match at the end because they that they had the chance for that like two or three years ago and they did not take it yeah just doing it now just because it would work in that way where it's like there's no way that fans wouldn't root for it, but it just will feel out of place it would just feel like they're breaking them up for the sake of breaking them up yeah you know? and that's the last thing that they need so uh, the next match we have here is uh the universal championship braun Strowman versus the fiend have i been doing voting results i don't know if i'm letting the voting results escape from me here. uh i don't Bailey, think we did it oh, for the last one. Okay, so Bailey was 62%, Tamina was 31%, DQ no contest was 8%, Bailey obviously going over. With the Universal title yeah. match, Braun Strowman was 31%, Bray Wyatt was 31%, DQ no contest yeah. was 38%. Because it wasn't actually The Fiend this time. This time, Bray took the reins. It was Bray. It was good old Bray. And uh, I don't know. I don't like that. I mean, I guess they don't want to wear out the other thing. But Yeah. And it's kind of keeping with the continuity of like I said, the fact that they treat them, they push his angle as if they're two separate people. Which I kind of don't fully like, you know? I think the only reason I like it is because it's different. Whereas we usually see they always treat it like, okay, it's the other half of the brain. But Bray literally talks about the fiend as if it's a separate person. Yeah. Well, before this match even got into play, earlier in the night... Bray had uploaded like I guess what is this a workout did you see this workout montage or something he did here you know I've heard about it but I didn't see it let's see what the hell this is He's probably just grabbing like some headphones, maybe. Um, yeah, probably. I'm sure he's here. It's your pal, Ramblin' Rabbit. Uh, hey, Ramblin'. Uh, where's hey. where's Bray? Oh, sorry. Bray isn't here, dude. He's home training for his big match against Braun Strowman. But since I'm here, you can interview me. Uh, all right. All okay, right. I, I, I guess. Yes. Finally, this is my chance. It was a cold, dark night. I was born on a farm before the reptilians took it away. What up, punks? Hot girls? Muscle man here. And I know what you're thinking. 
You're thinking to yourself, how the heck am I supposed to keep my gains if I'm stuck at home every day? Well, I'm here to tell you that whether you're preparing yourself for a zombie horde or you're going up against your brother for the universal title of Money in the Bank, being a sexual tyrannosaurus is everyday work. But luckily for you, you have me. Oh God. Gonna get in a fight with a Sasquatch, you had better know its weaknesses. Observe. Right here, right uh, here, and right here. How? It's science. <laughs> I did the Shawn Michaels fucking pose. <laughs> Oh, look at that, even martial arts. This freaking break, Howard. What is this? What you Don't about? forget to train your brains, brothers. What is that? <laughs> okay, There's a lot more production, a lot more production value in WWE stuff lately. <laughs> I never thought that I would say that. That was great. Oh my god! Like I said, there's a lot more production value in this company than I had ever thought. They fucking went from Shawn Michaels to Hogan in the blink of an eye. Oh boy, that was. Oh goodness. So. uh Universal title match, Braun Strowman against Bray Wyatt. So the finish here is a, they, of course, we have to go for some sort of a dramatic finish. And, uh, this is Braun. He comes out from underneath the apron with a sheep mask on. Uh, and Bray is overjoyed and he's like, it's you, Braun, it's you. And this time everything will be perfect. And he, you know, we have Braun who kneels to Bray, drops to his knees and the wire poles and they hug and all the puppets are celebrating and they're saying Braun is home. But surprise, like everyone was waiting impatiently for to swerve. Braun takes the mask off and crushes it. And he goes over with the running power slam. <laughs> oh, God. He scared the shit out of me when fucking Husky showed up in the middle of the match. Because I didn't realize what was here for a second. I was like, Very I was clicking. I was like what the fuck? Like, oh, no, oh, no, it's Husky. It's okay. Yeah, there's some weird stuff here. Braun saying, I'm not the same boy I used to be. It's like he was a giant man wearing a fucking sheep's mask 
What boy is he <laughs> talking about? Right? I've never seen a boy like that. At one point, Braun runs full speed ahead at Bray, who sidesteps and Strowman collides into the announce desk. And it's funny because you and I always joke on here about how whenever he goes outside of the ring and starts doing that running shit, he always fucks himself over. You know, we had like a whole I, bit here about how funny it is. And there he is again. There you would fun- think after a while you realize people are seeing this shit coming. Like There he is again. He hit the table so hard, I'm surprised it didn't just implode. It's hard for me to believe someone of that size would be unable to stop themselves. What is he, the Flash? <laughs> oh, God. Like, that was just, yeah, he, he kept going. And I was just like, oh, here it comes, here it comes. Boom. I did it. <laughs> and he did it so early in the match, too. That was the part that made me laugh. I was like, come on, dude. Come on now. Like, you you showing up was on Friday talking about some, you don't know anything about me. He knew to get the fuck out of the way. Yeah, exactly. He knew, like to he knew that you like to run around ringside a lot. <laughs> he had that counted out in his head. One and two and three. And... <laughs> yeah. And oh overall, I mean, they have to keep coming up with excuses. What do you have to do when you have a guy that big? I mean, I think that might be the real reason why you don't see guys that big around too often. It's hard for them to figure out things to do, you know, like to keep yeah. to, to get them down. And they, they had to do things like that, like just have him bust his ass so that like he's vulnerable to Bray's attacks and you know sort of break and start to capitalize yeah you gotta do something to get them in a vulnerable spot and with Braun realistically that's the easiest thing just wait for him to go for that particular move because you know he's gonna go for it when you're on the outside yeah and to Braun's credit I do like the fact that he uh you know he he does the whole he plays against Bray with the whole thanks bye and all that other shit like, that was funny like, playing the game against him I do like that but overall, yeah, I, I like the fact that they acknowledge the chemistry that these guys have. And they go back into the, the whole history of the fact that he was a white. They don't try to hide it. They'll never admit that he was a rosebud. Look at that. That's, that's what's his name. That's, that's Huskus. See, that scared the shit out of me. I was like, what the hell? What are you talking about? Because yeah. it came out of the blue. Let me see it again. When he came out. It's opening in this matchup. Braun Strowman. Oh, my God. Right there. I see what you're talking about. This right here could Cause you gotta be understand. Go back, real quick. Go back to right before. See, right here. Pause. Hit the table hard. Look, go back and pause right before he comes out. And I'm gonna tell you, and I'm gonna tell you what's going through my head this at that right moment. Here could see, right be, uh, here, I'm uh-huh. looking at Bray and I'm looking at Braun. I'm not even looking in that corner. So Bray imagine Wyatt's me when I hear this come out of the blue. Braun Strowman. Oh, I'm looking over like what's going on? Firefly Funhouse. Imagine, imagine how awkward that shit is for someone who's just watching this for the first time. And Bray Wyatt is in control and could be closing in on the Universal Championship. But he's got to get Strowman back into the ring. You can only win the title via pinfall or That is annoying that they have that there, to be honest with you. I prefer for that to, to not be there. All right, anyway. Yeah, so Christ, but yeah, like it scared the shit out of me because like I'm like, what the fuck is that coming? Out? And it was so it was louder than I expected too. That was the best part. It was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, the, the the power of their new their new production quality. You know, never underestimate yeah, the kind of stuff that they're gonna do. You know, right? I mean, I did like uh when Braun when um Bray went for that second sister Abigail because he did hit one not long after. Uh, Braun actually countered into a choke slam because mm-hmm. Bray basically took a little bit too long. Freaking Braun goozled him and then just chokeslammed him from there. Yeah. Uh, 
But for some reason, they're doing that thing, going into the choke slam, the sister Abigail to choke slam. They're doing that thing where they made it where Bray had a change of fucking heart and hesitated to nail it, which is the reason that that happened. Because that's what they were talking about in commentary. Yeah. It was just such a weird thing to add. I looked at it like, I guess maybe if you see it, without commentary, I don't know if I would have come to that conclusion. But it was, but it was just like, oh, he had a change of heart. Yeah, about, because you know, like we've Abigail. seen times where Bray won't crack that sister Abigail off right away. And it's never been described as a change of heart until that particular time. It was a strange, right? Like, really? The, yeah. The, the change it was of such heart. an odd detail. I, I just thought he was going to drag that finish out a little bit. I didn't see anything about, like, change of heart. I'm like, he wants his belt back. So, but um, it did kind of, you can basically tell they're going to continue on the feud because after the match was over and Braun was going back up the ramp, uh, images of the fiend starting to flash. So it's clear that the fiend is not done with Braun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it looks like so. This is this is where I kind of like the whole treating them as two separate people because now it comes down to hey, you ran through Bray, but you didn't run through the fiend. Yeah, but see, that's when it gets annoying because they want to treat them as two separate people, but then one will always have the other's back. Like you're expecting one to come out. It'll never be two separate people, no matter what they want. Yeah, that's that's the one issue. Unless they can literally find somebody with Bray's exact body shape, there's no way for it to have like a fiend running or a Bray Wyatt running. Yeah, like, that's I, like I the for, one. That's the one flaw I see in that whole bit. And that's one of the things I, I think when you're fighting someone as formidable as Bray, you probably are better off uh, going in as a fiend. You know, just to me, it will make sense within the lore of the story that it be handled that way. You know, yeah. then for it to be well, I got my ass kicked as this guy, which anyone would have told you like let's just say this was obviously it's, it's it's a work but let's just say that this was a shoot power and you had it and you had to fight a guy the size of Braun. you don't think that you would turn into your fiend form for this yeah you would kind of turn the fiend loose i mean for, for you, your own safety you, right you you would almost kind of in the kind of the way they did it the first time i mean nothing against them is but you would save bray for the lesser opponents and you save the fiend for the bigger ones like yeah. like if ali just comes out and just starts getting snippy that's when you turn bray loose yeah, exactly. Which, like I said, it was just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I have to see it more because I know for a lot of you guys asked for that too. A lot of you guys were saying, uh, that you would like to have seen that, that, uh, dynamic happen, which they, which they did start doing. You'd like to see the two different characters be sort of portrayed the way the Finn Balor thing was done. Yeah. And I felt done correctly. It could be good, but done incorrectly like they do with Finn, where they basically just took away his other persona. You could wind up hurting the person more. Yeah, because then people are going to want to see the other half and never see it. The only issue, and I think the only problem, is that uh, when you're when you're as young as someone like Bray, you don't want to have a part time schedule, which is what the Fiend is. You know, what yeah, I mean? like it's almost an Undertaker schedule. Like not maybe the current, but a few years back, it's almost an Undertaker. Like he doesn't really wrestle very often because they don't want to use the Fiend all the time. Yeah, and the I way mean, they were using him, like, we I know when you, whenever you hear about house shows, they, the the dark match after they go off the air was always a fiend thing. So I get it; they want to make it like a special yeah. thing for the live crowd. But now they're not even doing house shows. How often is that guy actually really doing anything? And his presence is still felt, but you know what I mean? Like it's just different. Yeah, I mean, for now, the fiend is a powerful enough character to do it, but it's not going to last as long as you would like it to. You got to kind of make it a thing. Where, I mean, at the end of the day, they're still within the range of time to where when a situation calls for the Fiend to wrestle on TV, it's going to be special because we haven't seen it yet. But you don't want to drag that out too long because eventually it's just going to be dull. Yeah, exactly. Which, unfortunately, this company has a bad habit of doing. They have a bad habit of letting stuff draw out for too long. Mm-hmm. They sure do. 
And uh, yeah, that, like I said, that that's just something that we're going to have to see how they balance it well, you know? Yeah, we can hope. We certainly can. All right, what was after this? This was uh, Next was the WWE title match, right? Yep, which basically confirmed that both world champions dodged a bullet this year and getting cashed in on the same night. They used, they wound up using both uh, championships back to back in the middle of the pay per view. I wasn't expecting it to go that way. Like yeah. I thought one of them was going to close out the show, but apparently not. Uh, so voting results here have 64% of you saying Drew McIntyre will retain, whereas 30% of you thought that Rollins would be the upset, with 7% of you saying there'll be a DQ no contest, winner being Drew Mac going over. Crazy finish. Finishes Rollins, goes for the stomp, but Drew pushes him off with his back and counters with the Glasgow kiss. Rollins recoils and answers back with the super kick, causing Drew to recoil, and then he answers back with the Claymore for the win. Afterwards, Drew offers his hand to Seth to shake, and Rollins accepts despite having new Jesus music. Because I was thinking, no <laughs> way. He's more Jesus that. than before. I was thinking he's more Jesus now. He's not going to do that. He just got that music, and you think he's going to have a face turn? But I guess, lo and behold. That motherfucker um, is super Jesus, too. Yeah, I don't know what happened. You know, I guess he accepted. Maybe, maybe wait, I'll I, come I, out and be offended. I can't believe you shook my hand. He'll be like Vegeta. I, I can't I, believe I, you, I, showed me, you showed me mercy. How I dare you do it to someone in like, like and this Jesus, he's even further beyond. <laughs> yeah, if this was a named episode, that would be it. This Jesus is even further beyond. <laughs> I'll write it down. <laughs> we believe that there's a level beyond Jesus that we can reach. <laughs> Has he really found a level beyond Super Jesus too? I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's. This is the new. This is the new Jesus here. Look. Earlier tonight, Seth Rollins proclaimed that he is on a divine mission for the greater good. He said for Drew McIntyre, quote, this is not his industry, company, or show to lead into the future. That is my cross to bear. Well, I think Drew McIntyre was highly accurate when he said that Seth Rollins was absolutely full of it. Listen, Seth Rollins wants power. Seth Rollins wants control. And in order to do that, Seth Rollins knows he has to be WWE Champion. You know, oh, it's ridiculously saying, dramatic. No, he is trying to do everything he can to become WWE Champion. His verbiage is infectious. Okay, I told you. I was the canary that. in the coal mine. I told you what would happen if you let a timer go unchecked. What you see in that ring in the back. is exactly what I warned the world about. Next pay-per-view, he'll be coming out in a white robe like this. Right. <laughs> I'm telling you, what they should have had to finish be is he should have pinned him with a crucifix and then the rematch would have been three days later. That's how you go to the next level of Jesus. Like he's even more Jesus, further beyond Jesus, like you said. <laughs> you know, I like it though. This guy can make anything work, huh? I guess that's why he's, right. in, he's in their their good graces, twenty four hours, a day, seven days a week. I mean, it's literally cross for Jesus now. Like, he can't even get mad at that nickname anymore. Mm-hmm. No, you definitely can't get mad at that name. Uh, but. 
it was a good match. Rollins with a couple of suicide dives and flying knees to the outside. Uh, springboard knee off the barricade on the outside. Jumping yeah. knee off the announce table on the outside. But for me, it was kind of silly that Drew can't avoid any of Rollins' spots because there's no setup. He's just suicide diving and jumping off of things and hitting you with his knee. You're telling me that Chubby Bray can sidestep a running freaking uh, Braun Strowman, but a fit Drew can't dodge a bunch of flying knees and suicide dive at any point? Which, like I said, that was but, kind of silly. I, I guess, but then again, he don't have to deal with Braun screaming in the fucking background because you know Braun telegraphed the shit out of his stuff. Mm-hmm. But finally, he was listening for the. <laughs> but finally, he has a brilliant idea. He catches Rollins out of a suicide dive and he launches him over the announce desk about freaking time. And that uh, was great. Yeah, there's Yo, a sequence. Drew's chops are getting ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, those are nasty. I mean, he's a big. He, he, he's, he's like a few steps below Walter at the rate he's going. Yeah, there's a sequence where Rollins is going for a chair, but he hesitates. Instead, he goes for the stomp, but Drew avoids it. He answers back with that Glasgow kiss again. So, uh, you know, that was used a couple of times in this. I thought it was uh really impressive seeing Rollins hit his signature superplex into the Falcon Arrow on someone the size of Drew McIntyre. Yeah, Drew was like a good 275 almost. Like, he's a big dude. Mm -hmm. The second stomp countered into the Future Shock DDT. Uh, Another cool sequence with McIntyre being in Tree of Woe position. And he pulls himself up to Rollins, who's seated on the top turnbuckle. And he sort of suplexes him off of that. Yeah, that's like a a spot I haven't seen from Drew since NXT. Yeah, that is that is. But usually it'd be a belly to belly. Hit him with a German suplex. Yeah, very which I mean is ridiculous stuff. core strength. He comes up immediately and goes. Mm-hmm. Also, Rollins countering the claymore into the super kick curb stomp for the two. Really good stuff. I mean, you know, you got two good guys out there. You're gonna get a great match from them. Yeah, absolutely, knock it out of the park. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, we should, it was showing the clip, but that spine buster and the jackknife cover was. Some, what smooth as can be by uh, McIntyre. Yeah, really. The dude's improved drastically. Yeah, he has. I guess he just needed that rub. He's one of those guys that once he he once you pass him the ball, he'll know to run with it. You know. Yeah. So. But if he doesn't get the ball, God help him. <laughs> but, yeah. No, I never thought that I would see. He's been killing it. I never thought I would see that tier of a match from him and uh, Seth Rollins. So I definitely underestimated what Drew was capable of. Because to me, the UK stuff didn't really. Um, show it that much yeah like a lot of people just praise a lot of people be sitting there like oh that's what we were saying all that time and i was like no no this wasn't here everywhere else he was like <laughs> yeah pretty much are we up to the uh oh the, we, we did the voting results right yes we did yes we, we're up to the the money in the bank right money in the bank yeah there was only this was, this was only a seven match card well technically eight if you count both money in the bank and separate matches but Money in the Bank ladder matches. All right. So voting results. These matches sort of meld together and then break back apart and stuff. So we're going to do all the voting results at once here. So we're going to start with the women's Money in the Bank ladder matches with Shayna Baszler. 41% of you seeing her take the briefcase. 15% second place Asuka. 14% third place Lacey Evans. 13% Nia Jax. 11% Dana Brooke. 6% Carmella. Uh, we'll get into what happens there in a little bit. Money in the Bank men's ladder match, 33% AJ Styles, 24% Alistair Black, 15% King Corbin, 14% Otis, 8% Daniel Bryan, 6% Rey Mysterio. So, uh, where the fuck do you even begin? (laughs) 
Well, this, I did find it kind of funny. Some people doing their legit entrances in the lobby and the right weight room because the guy started in the weight room yeah. and the girl started in the lobby. Okay, and we're gonna we're gonna do the girls first for a little while. With, yeah, because this then, was all over the place. And like then that. go back into the guys. So, like he said, guys' weight room, which we'll get back to. Girls' lobby. So the girls are in the the lobby and they're all lined up together. I like how that was like an agreed thing. You guys are all gonna come in here to battle, but before you do. You're all gonna, you know, you're all gonna go together and have this, uh, th- th- this lineup. You know, it almost looks <laughs> like, 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 like you're competing on American Gladiators. It almost looks like an arrest lineup. You know? <laughs> so I'm gonna show you guys this here. I'm trying to cue this up. Give me a second here. So the yeah, Oscar's mean, music hits, and everyone's looking around. They don't know where Oscar is. Because keep in mind how they did this. They uh mixed up. It, it wasn't all the women, then all the men. It was kind of like back and forth for a little bit. So when Oscar's music hit, no, nothing happens. But then you're seeing the rest of the men's entrance, and Oscar still hasn't shown up. Okay, so this is what you get. Her with a crazy-ass dive off the top there. She dances off. <laughs> and here is what started an Android 17 level of brilliant strategy by Oscar. Okay, let's go for the elevator. That's exciting. It's like a zombie movie. Right? <laughs> it was just straight out of Robert Kirkman's Money in the Bank. <laughs> that shit looked. <laughs> and the funny thing about it is. For at least Asuka's end, because we're not going to see her for a minute. Asuka mm-hmm. avoided the damage for about 90% of this match. Mm-hmm. She didn't worry about fighting anybody. At, when she got in the elevator, that was the last time any of those girls saw her for a minute. So uh, so Asuka makes it up the elevator, and the other girls are running up the stairs, and the girls are fighting up the steps, and they come across the guys that are also fighting, and Carmella winds up slapping Naya, and she apologizes, realizing it had no effect, but she still gets grounded. Shane is beating up Dana in the conference room. Naya and her have like a brief uh, nose-to-nose confrontation before uh, it comes to blows. And then Naya winds up flooring Shayna. And I got to say, in this match, uh, Naya really was showing the business to Shayna, of all people. So I noticed they made a point to do that there. And uh, Dana winds up hitting Naya um, in the back with, with a chair. And she winds up taking her out, too. And then she grabs a briefcase, which I was confused. She, gra- she grabs a briefcase off the roof of the conference table. And I'm thinking, really? Like, I thought they, they, they got lazy for a minute. And this was really how the girl one was going to, like, oh, they shit on the girl. But no. So Stephanie shows up and she reveals that this is a fake prop money in the bank briefcase and asks her to clean up the room because it's disgusting. And Naya's unconscious over there, drooling all over the place. <laughs> she was so happy to get the fucking briefcase in the conference room. Yeah. She was just like, I did it. Yeah. Stephanie came in like, no, bitch. No. So meanwhile, Carmella's taking out Dana. So that's the end of that little alliance. And uh, she pops her over the head with a portrait. But uh, Lacey winds up knocking out Carmella with the women's right. So we'll get back to that and jump over to the beginning of the men's money in the bank, which uh, 
you have all of the meeting up at the gym, gym like Destin mentioned, and uh, Ray, Mysterio, and Corbin, they're fighting with the weights and stuff. Daniel Bryan and Corbin wind up fighting, and then Corbin throws like a weight at a mirror, which I thought was an awkward moment. He throws this weight at a mirror, and then it breaks, and he's just looking at the mirror in shock. Like, is he, is he superstitious? Is this going to come back in a later story? Where, like, now he's going to become yeah. like, this, this paranoid super... He's going to be like the Mad King. Like, he's going to walk around and be watching his back, and everywhere he goes, he thinks everyone's against him. Like, what are they doing? Like, why was why the fuck did the mirror break? And he freaked out. You Like, go back I mean, and look I mean, at that I mean, moment. It was really weird. I mean, hey, mirror break, seven years bad luck. Yeah. So Otis is uh is beating up AJ Styles and there there's uh and, and he uses weights because there's two things that Otis knows, stakes and the other one's weights, and this match has weights. So he drops a weight on AJ, making him stuck there, and then AJ's begging Ray Mysterio who's running past to remove the weight, but Ray's like, Estas loca. You're crazy. And he just leaves. <laughs> uh Ray runs into Brother Love in the bathroom. Bruce Pritchard. Don't ask me what the hell this cameo was about. Holy cameo, Batman. But Bruce Pritchard as Brother Love <laughs> is in the bathroom. I love you and all that shit. Uh, Yo, is it, does this mean that every cameo he gets like three shades redder? I don't know what. It just like, seems like at this point they he, just dip him in Kool-Aid. He you came know? out of that shit. He looked at I thought it was the Kool-Aid man. Yeah. <laughs> For a half second, I was like, oh, yeah, no. No, that's true. Yeah, so Daniel Bryan and Otis are beating beating up Corbin in a room that's essentially a giant wrestling ring. I guess that's a room that maybe fans go in and they pull some sort of access shit, but there's a giant wrestling ring room. And uh Daniel Bryan's like the, the hell one in the cell mesh cage kind of look like. Yeah, Daniel Bryan's the one who ends up making it out of there. There's a Doink the count clown cameo though with the two downed guys that are in the room. Doink comes out from behind the couch like peekaboo woo. I don't know if it was a uh, dusty dusty whatever. Dusty Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was right. Why? No, but let's get him some work. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah, probably not. I mean, then you know, all you gotta do is pay him in a hot dog and a handshake and just leave off the bun. So I mean, I guess. Mm-hmm. So uh, AJ's looking for Ray Mysterio in the hallway for whatever reason. He should be looking for the way to the top, but he's like, "Come out, Ray. Come out wherever you are." You know, I don't know. Yeah, this part, I... it's, it's suddenly turning into some sort of a crazy Texas Chainsaw Massacre type shit. You know, I have no idea, but he's looking for Ray. Ray's hiding. He sees this Ray Mysterio, you know, the eyes thing that used to show up on his Tron. He sees that like as a yeah. portrait, like in the hallway. And when he looks at it, like, it, like no, they put in the sound, booyaka, booyaka, like if it's an AJ's mind or whatever. And like he's sort of flipping out. And then he, he sees the Undertaker posting, so he's having flashbacks. And he winds up finding like an Undertaker room, which who knows why there would be such a thing. And it, and it makes the, the PS, the, the PTSD that he has. He even worse and he goes to flee from that yeah. room he winds up running into the black mask because alistair black's outside the door and he leaves his body in the room alone in, in his under it almost kind of looked like it was taker's way of communicating that this isn't over oh, so that's wow. kind of what i kind of grasped from it because i mean even when he came back on raw he was still kind of popping off at the mouth like yeah well maybe we'll see so worlds collide finally in this money in the bank debacle because you have paul Heyman cameo he's stuffing his face at catering and suddenly all of the men and all of the women that were battling throughout the building uh are at catering and for no reason at all kate otis just calls out food fight and he just throws a big tray of food that completely splatters all over paul Heyman. everyone pauses in shock for this brief moment and then the food somehow fight i was waiting for brock Lesnar to show up yeah you get a little bit of intergender stuff because nia's choking out ray everyone's throwing food Wait, no, that think- was Oh, yeah, right. Shane, I was choking on Ray. Nia was there throwing food. I think everyone was throwing food. I think there was some Beethoven or some classical music playing on the background. Um, <laughs> Nia winds up actually putting Carmella through a table, nasty bump through a table. Uh, and then she has like a nose to nose with Otis. And don't ask me why. I expected the two of them to start twerk dancing together again. And I was like, oh, are we going to have the twerk <laughs> dance come back? But no, he's eating a sandwich. So he's not ready to twerk around. He's just sitting there eating. I thought it's kind of funny how that, that was like a nose to nose. The guy's half eating a sandwich from the food fight. That's that's like only, only, only Otis can pull that off. 
nose to nose, then they both go their separate ways. So now the two matches have once again split. So we're going to go into Money in the Bank with the women back again, which now Asuka, she's grabbing like a janitor's broom. They're running past like a janitor. She's asking him in Japanese, where's the where's the the, the briefcase? But he doesn't know what the hell's going on. You think he would. You work at WWE. But uh, all of the other women show up, and she uses the janitor broom to take out those women. Uh, except for Dana, who's actually way behind. I like the way they make her the putts in this. She's not keeping up with the rest of the women, and it cost her because she slips on the wet floor. Uh, Nia is once again fucking up Shayna. This time she grabs her by the throat, essentially, lifts her into the air, and throws her against a wall. And uh, she kind of bounces and slides against the wall. And she also takes out Lacey. So they're definitely showing Nia's dominance yeah. here. Uh, meanwhile, back with the men, Otis is now in a cafeteria. So you get a John Laurinaitis cameo of people power, and Otis also pies him to the face. <laughs> He's a pie maniac. Kern Engel had milk, Otis has pie. <laughs> Daniel Bryan and Alistair Black and AJ Styles are once again fighting. These three seem to really like each other. And uh, eventually Daniel Bryan and AJ wind up fighting their way into Vince McMahon's office. You get a Vince we got Mc- the cameo of cameos. You get a Vince McMahon cameo. And I have to say, looking at this Vince McMahon cameo, I hate to be a Debbie Downer here. Um, now I can say Vince doesn't look good. Uh, that's the worst I've seen him look. Just appearance-wise, he looked really old there. I don't know if you caught how old he looked there. Yeah, he, he, he looked pretty old. Yeah, I'm going to actually bring this up here. See if we could uh, just give me a minute because I got to queue it up. I, I saw that and I was like, who's this old man cosplaying as Vince? Oh. Yeah, like he 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 was aged. He was definitely uh looking his age, I guess, because I mean, you know, he is an older guy. Yeah. The age is finally starting to show more. Yeah, I wonder if that was his actual office or if they used a fake one. Oh, who knows? You know, like would he use his actual office for this? Maybe he would. He looks like his dad now, Stasis says. I barely remember what Vince McMahon Sr. looked like. Yeah, I just vaguely remember. Yeah, that was before even our time. Right, that was way, way back in the day. That was back before the PC era. Children, AJ went to tell him, Hey, put the chairs back where they were. <laughs> I need to be kept that. That was fun. I love how Vince fucking sanitized his hands to it. That killed me just from them being in there. He needed to sanitize his hands. Wow, you had it like a real coward in there. Me, you're the one who told us to put the chairs back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then the battle continued. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, that is too funny. That is too, too funny. Oh, man. And so then after this, let's go to the women a little bit. So finally, the first two to the top of this building to the ring are Asuka and Nia, followed by Lacey. And now wrestling in a ring begins. You have Nia who press slams Lacey and takes her out of the ring, goes to climb the ladder. But before she can, Asuka makes it to the top. Nia winds up taking her out, but by that time, Lacey's have recovered, and she's trying to climb the ladder, and Oscar's pulling her down, and, uh, but instead, she opts to push the ladder over onto Nia first, 
Then Lacey takes her out and goes to climb it herself. And for a while, it's back and forth with these two, Asuka and Lacey. And then finally, Asuka elbows Lacey off of the ladder onto a recovered Naya. Corbin shows up in this match. Because remember, the men were climbing this whole time. Yeah. Uh, so you can consider Corbin the official first one to make it to the top of the building for the men. And he's climbing yeah, from the briefcase. kind of weird. But yeah, but Asuka kicks him down. Because for to- some reason, Corbin was trying to stop Asuka. I was like. Yeah, and she winds up kicking him down, and she wins her briefcase. It's just strange. It was almost like intergender. Like, the, the Shayna Mysterio thing was for, like, just a little intergender Easter egg. This felt like yeah. intergender just for the sake of having, because, like, why would you two even be avoiding each other? I think, to me, a smarter finish would have been to have two of the heels and two of the baby faces simultaneously up there, all battling yeah. for four briefcases. See, because then the see viewers, what I you know, you get, like, some sort of, you, you get, like, super tension, because you're now watching both briefcases with two battles going on. And instead, they yeah. they, they decided not to do anything like that. But uh, I guess what I almost kind of expected was when Corbin was going up there, why he started interacting with Oscar. I don't know, but I'm like, oh, snap, they're going to grab both briefcases at the same time or something like that would have been cool. But for some reason, she attacks him, even though she's a heel, too, which is that was another reason. Yeah. I found well, that well, was it was because for some reason, Corbin kept batting her hand away and saying, like, no, no. So it was just like, the fuck are you doing? Like, be gone. Like, yeah, I guess. He, I don't know. That was just strange. That was strange. But he he yeah. he uh. He's the first one up there. Asuka wins hers, so it's pretty much Corbin's the first one up. Women's match has ended with Asuka's winner. Men's match continues. So now Otis is number two to get up there in the men. And uh, Corbin, having been taken out by Asuka, uh, he winds up recovering. And then he uh, stops Otis, attacking him with a ladder. Then Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black are the next ones to make it up. And they battle for the, to the top of the ladder over the briefcase before AJ Styles makes it up there and pushes both of them off. Ray and Alistair get thrown off of the roof. <laughs> they thrown off the building. I, I, uh, pretty much. By Corbin? Hmm. Yeah. I didn't expect right. two people. That was like, okay. Okay. Is that the bump that Vince was showing them how to take? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> they, hit some, they hit something at the bottom. Right. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> so now you get like a four-man battle here you get aj who is hitting the phenomenal forearm on otis long story short eventually aj and corbin are now battling at the top but you get an elias cameo he takes out corbin who's climbing the ladder with a guitar causing the briefcase to fly out of both aj and corbin's hands and yeah, land the corbin arms. and aj had both taken it down and they yeah. were fighting over to see yeah they the were tug on. of warring it now it lands in the in the in, in the arms of a recovered otis at the bottom of the ladder Otis being the Money in the Bank winner, the next possible champion. Now, we have heard that Vince McMahon is huge on Otis. He's a big Otis guy. Vince McMahon really likes him. And I kind of got the impression when I first saw Otis that that would be a guy Vince McMahon likes. Yeah. That's, that's his kind of wrestler. That's from his era. Otis seems like he's been, he's, he's two decades late. And being in wrestling, <laughs> you know, like right. he's, he's almost an '80s wrestler. You know, he's cool, he, he, you know? he's like an '80s wrestler that's got the modern day comedy. So when I saw him, I remember thinking to myself, I would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if, despite what anybody says, that Vince just wants that guy. I could see that. I've seen shit like this before with Vince when you've had guys like that. I could see that that's just his kind of guy. I didn't know how big it was until this happened though. he won the money in the yeah. bank briefcase that he can cash in to be the champion you know like i never thought we'd be seeing oldest oh, as mr money in the bank and this was cool and i like the fact that that turned out that way yeah i mean i love the fact that it came down to otis just happened to be in the right spot that otis and mandy shit definitely helped get him the exposure that he needed and the noticement that he needed in order for him to be uh to go on to this yeah i mean the dude's a star the dude's got talent he's He's pretty, he's, he's pretty good in the ring. 
he's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't blame Vince for liking him. So, yeah, no, I honestly can't either. I don't know what that means for Tucker, though. That's a, that's that's the that's the name of the game, man. What did it mean for Janetti? Because because I was thinking about it the other day. Well, I was thinking about it after it happened. This isn't like an ROH where freaking Jay Briscoe could be champion for two years and Mark's still there. Like, and that's their problem that though, because it, because it should be. It should be like yeah. that, and I hate that like it's what, not. It, it's, yeah, like that, when that, we remember that, watching watching uh, Jay's whole world title run, there was never any question that the Briscoes were going to split. We knew it was never going to be a thing. We just knew it was going to be there, still going to tag, but Jay also going to be world champion. Or Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards. They were always the American Wolves, and not only were they the American Wolves while one or the other was the world champion, but a lot of the main events and final battles and shit like that were them against each other. You yeah, know, They would fight. And then, and then, and then be the American Wolves the next week. You know, so it it's okay to have the tag titles or be a tag team and still be world champion. It's just not okay here. Yeah, it's not. It's it's, it's doable. We've seen it done. Yeah, but uh, what were your thoughts overall? This pay per view. I was impressed. I when when it came to this whole concept, I was hearing about how this new money in the bank was going to work. I was all I was kind of eh about it. I was just like, okay, so what, they're going to fight from the bottom to the top? And I remember I started hearing that they were going to be doing it throughout the entire night and they were going to check back in. I'm glad they ran it straight through with one match. Because the constant checking back in would have ruined it for me. Because I can't be like having, hey, we're going to the tag title match. Okay, now back to Money in the Bank. Like, no, run that shit through with one match and it's great. I do like the fact of like there were moments where they kind of show the two matches coming together, though. Yeah, because it it's like they're all in the same tower together. You can't act like at some point they're not going to cross paths. Yeah, exactly. And it was it was very well done. I think that what they did was creative, and they're showing uh, new and creative. In a way, it's a blessing for them the situation that they're in because they've had to come up with new and innovative ways to do things which they've needed for a long time and one thing that i've yeah. said that wwe's always been lacking that they had in the eras before this was stuff happening outside of the ring backstage segments story character development now they've been forced to do two things that i've wanted them to do for a while number one fire writers number two focus more on the characters in the backstage to develop them so that the ring stuff is more interesting and it, even if yep. they didn't mean to do it, they fired fucking writers and they, they, they're forced to do more with the characters and the backstage and the development. So I think it's great. Now they got to keep all that going. Like when, when, when things are somewhat back to normal, you got crowds again. Don't stop this shit. <laughs> like, let it, let it roll. Like. Yeah, you really got to embrace it. I mean, they're doing a good job. It took them longer than other indie because indies are smaller, so it's probably easier to manage and adjust. It took them longer, but they seem to be adjusting really well. Yeah. See, yeah. like they don't have the element of like they can't be lazy and stick to the norm. They have to mix stuff up. Yeah. And it's, and I think, which I mean, at this point, it took this to show them like, hey, you guys can mix stuff up and it'll be okay. And it is okay so far, you know? And hopefully, uh, in the future, regardless of what happens, even with crowds, they don't give up what they have learned here and the resources that they were able to utilize. And the problem WWE's always had is being able to hit that delicate balance of everything being entertaining. Yeah. You know? Doing that's, that's one of the problems on top of that as well. It's just they find something that works, don't run it into the ground. Do it yeah. maybe once every little while, makes it interesting. 
then you kind of you you don't sour people on it. But if you do it over and over again, in a prime example, the brawn running around the ring thing, it was funny the first two times, but now he's doing it every match. It's just soured. Right. We don't need to, and we don't need to see WWE the movie either. You know. Yeah. You want to kind of find that balance where you're doing it every once in a little while. So then when it does happen, it's like, oh, this is different. Kind of funny, an example of them doing something right with that, the fact that we saw tonight, we saw Bray Wyatt wrestle and not The Fiend. We've only seen this one other time. So it still has the element of like, oh, The Fiend is not wrestling tonight? Yeah. You kind of, that's that's the element you want to keep, where it's just like when it does happen, it's like, okay, this is different. Pretty much, pretty much. I thought this was really cool. I enjoyed it, like I said. Um, wrestling still very much alive even in this you're going to look back at this year from now and be able to say that you're going to say you know as much as it's been given criticism like you're going to say you know even even wrestling was okay you know oh, yeah. like wrestling strived through this hard hard time so that's kind of cool in a lot of ways you know yeah and i think a lot of it now is when it comes to the two briefcase winners i mean becky called her shot last week so <laughs> some things change, some things stay the same. Basically, Becky and Oscar at this point are probably going to go again. But what I do want to see, because it would not only keep up with some of the cross promotion we're seeing, but it would add a more element of danger is even though, yeah, they did say the winner of that match, you get the challenge for the championship of your show, especially in the case of Oscar, mix it up. Have her put all three champions on notice. Because one that adds to the point where now you don't know who necessarily she's going to go for. But in the case of people like the Charlottes and the Tyler Breezes and everybody like that, maybe Oscar decides to come back home. I couldn't see and it go any in, other in, way. In, you know? So what? I, I couldn't see it go any other way. If they plan on winning anything on Wednesdays, they better have it where, where they, they at least put in the fans' mind the possibility that someone might show up here to cash something in. Yeah. You know? I mean, you're like it's like when you look at both Money in the Bank winners, they're both former NXT NXT alum. Who says they don't want to come home? Mm-hmm. Because that 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 the ratings will skyrocket to know that on NXT you get Oscar versus Charlotte again. They they knock it out of the park every time they fought each other. And then on top of that, um, Otis has challenged for the NXT Championship before. He challenged Champa. So to have that be a surprise thing, I definitely think the best thing you could do is just this one briefcase don't limit it to one show because like that's yeah like it's just it understands the concept but it would that would that concept would have worked if there was two still two briefcases there's one briefcase and now three shows put everybody on notice yep that sounds like a plan and then it makes you it makes you tune in it makes you tune into every show because you don't know when that briefcase winner is going to show up yeah all right well i i enjoyed this um well we're pretty much done here right yeah, knock it out of the park. Killed it again. We out here. Fantastic. So, <laughs> tomorrow will be once again business as usual. The Monday show is going to be the news. We're no longer going into the detail on the weeklies that we used to. We'll still bring them up, but you're only going to get that during pay-per-views and specials like this. No need to talk about every single thing that happens in the ring. There's too much news to cover. Um, so, look forward to that tomorrow. We'll get caught up on all of the dirt sheets and stuff like that. That being said, thank you to everyone who's joined us in our live chat room, including Stormdax1853, Willie V2, Eman, Kula Ice, Stasis Dreams, Stephen 8, MFC, John Boy 202064, Firestriker24, UNF I Jota or Costa, Weekly Planet 516, Chaos Infamous, Fantica, Fantica 83, 
And of course, all of you listening across the live platforms of iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, TalkBrunch.com, and all the others. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live. This has been your Money in the Bank 2020 post-show, episode 382. For myself, Rick Darry, your host, and Destin, we are out of here. We'll see y'all later. Watch Cause we gonna get them checks in the future.